Quest for Faith. I'm your host, Stephanie Clinton. Today's episode is part one of two in a conversation David has with three church members and what makes First Christian Norman the place they call their church home. But first, let's see what's happening in the life of the church. Join us this Sunday, October 3rd, for our Fellowship Tailgate Lunch immediately following the 1045 service. Wear your comfortable clothes and enjoy hot dogs, hamburgers, sides, and even some outdoor games. We are very grateful to First United Bank of Norman, who will be, who will be bringing their big grill to do the grilling. Thank you very much, Andy Shearer, for making that arrangement possible, and thanks to the Fellowship Committee for all their work and preparation for what will be a fun time to be together. Have you heard of pickleball? It's the fastest growing sport in the U.S., and it's fun and it's easy to learn. Even I can play it and not miss every single shot. If you want to see what it's all about, join us on Friday, October 8th at 5 p.m. at the First Baptist Church Family Life Center. No experience necessary. Instructors will be there to teach the basics. All you need to do is bring your own paddle, which can be purchased at any sporting goods store, and cost to play is only $3. If you're interested, please contact Becky Clinton. She can be found in the church directory. All ages are welcome. The Pathfinders class is starting a new study October 10th. Discussion will cover the book, If God is Love, Don't Be a Jerk, Finding a Faith That Makes Us Better Humans by John Pavlovitz. The Pathfinders class will meet both in person and via Zoom at 930. Please contact Reverend Tom Lida for more information. Speaking of Tom, this past Tuesday, September 28th, marked the one-year anniversary of Reverend Tom Lida beginning his ministry with First Christian Church in Norman. Happy anniversary, Tom! What a unique year it has been, to say the least. I think the gift for a one-year anniversary is paper, but Tom deserves much more for starting a new job during a pandemic. One day, when COVID lets up and it's safe to do so... We will have an official celebratory welcome reception to First Christian. Hopefully, we can get this done before Tom's two-year anniversary with the church. The September Virtual Ventures recording with special guest Jill Hicks-Keaton is still available. Please check your church newsletter for the link. Mark your calendar for the October Virtual Ventures featuring Rev. Dr. Gary Hardwick, Sunday, October 24th at 4.30 p.m. Gary will lead us through his workshop, You Are What You Love, A Spirituality of Desire. And now, let's turn it over to David. Welcome to our Quest for Faith from First Christian Church of Norman for the first couple of weeks of October 2021. Thank you for listening as we take a couple of weeks to reflect on this year's stewardship theme, Thankful for What Is, Hopeful for What Can Be. Each year, First Christian Church invites its church members to reflect on their relationship to the church, their appreciation for the church, and their support of the church in its many ministries. To that end, people share their reflections about stewardship through articles in the weekly newsletter that you can receive by regular mail or by email. They also share comments made in worship as we gather each Sunday, and information is shared in the brochure that will soon be sent to the church family. Additionally, this year, we are delighted to welcome Paul Hopkins, Helen Green, and Mitch Dupree, who are offering their perspectives via this podcast, which is a new medium for our stewardship emphasis this year. So welcome and thanks to each of you for sharing your thoughts with the church family. So 
Mitch and Helen and Paul, tell us briefly about your growing up in the church. I don't think any of you grew up in First Christian Norman. And tell us a little bit about how you learned about the importance of supporting the work of the church. Well, for me, I grew up in Chickasha, Oklahoma, but we went to the First Christian Church, and it was a much smaller church. Um, but I grew up watching my parents be active in the church, um, and being a smaller church really got to see the importance of what the community had to do just to keep the church kind of going. Um, you know, there were committees and all that kind of thing. And even as a young kid, I think I understood that, you know, it took a lot of work to uh, just to keep the all the programs going and the youth group and the choir and the and being in a smaller church, everybody really chipped in. And so I think that was an important lesson I learned growing up in a, a smaller church. I grew up on a tobacco farm in the eastern Kentucky. There were two churches there. One, the old, regular, primitive, hard-shell, foot-washing Baptist. And the single-room church house sat on the bank of Rockhouse Creek. Uh, The Baptist would have service one Sunday, the Church of Christ, of which my parents were members and I was born into, would have service the next Sunday in different buildings. Uh, I uh, didn't have much of a concept of the church as we know it today. Uh, but I do recall the Sunday school classes. I remember Noah and the Ark, and uh, but uh, I had no idea of what kept the church open on Sunday because it was just there. The minister, uh, Brother Walters, they called him, was a farmer, and he'd walk four and five miles to. Uh, come and hold services on Sunday morning. And uh, at the end of the service, he placed himself at the door. And some people on the way out would hand him some money. Of varying. That's how he was paid back in, in those days. Uh, that was kind of my concept of, of giving to the church. It was done as you went out the door. (laughs) (laughs) That's a vote on the sermon, isn't it? (laughs) That's right, yeah. And uh, uh, just to share this with you, uh, I don't know where my mother found the literature, but it had to do with with giving and and, uh, with tithing. And I remember one Sunday morning, come time to take an offering. And she had a rather large-sized purse. And she started getting the stuff out. Finally, she came up with 50, I think it was 55 cents. And she put it in the offering plate when it went by. We weren't sophisticated back in those days. We didn't call our parents by father or mother as Ma and Paul. 
I said, Ma, you got workers coming tomorrow. You give them the last penny you had, how are you going to pay them? She looked at me rather sternly and she said, well, the Lord is always taking care of me, supplied my needs, and I expect him to continue. <laughs> <laughs> and so they did. She had money. They did the barter system back then. She, her, her brother, he and his wife had a little mom and pop grocery store uh, in the community. And uh, if mother needed some money, that is three or four dollars or ten dollars, she'd go out in the backyard and grab her up two or three old old chickens, run down to her brother's place, exchange them for ever how much money she wanted. And that, you know, I could go on and on and on with that rambling, sometimes disconnected story, but that's how I uh, became aware that somebody had to give some money to take care of the church, <laughs> to keep the preacher paid when he went out the door. <laughs> I don't know what, the, the, you could see the significance of that, <laughs> I guess. Well, uh, let's see. Yeah, thanks. Helen? My story is very similar to Mitch's. I grew up in the First Christian Church in Duncan, a multi-generational First Christian Church family, both parents, grandparents on uh, way back. Um, I watched my parents support the church in many ways and means, not just financially, um, as I grew up and just knew that that was an important part of being part of the church. Um, I remember in particular, my mom was very involved in a group called Christians Concerned, that our church supported, but it was a community group that um, helped provide financial assistance for people that needed their prescription medications paid for. And that just always left a just a mark on me that um, our, watching the church go out and make those kind of connections in the community to help those people. And it wasn't always that mom gave the money, but she helped facilitate to make that happen, which was also so important. We all have had somebody model for us what it what it is to... We aren't born necessarily knowing that we need to support what we care about, but somebody models it for us, and that's that's so important. So um, you've all, through various ways, landed at First Christian Church of Norman, and we're so grateful for that. But tell us a little bit about why First Christian Norman, what, what it is uh, that you appreciate about the spirit and, and the work of this church. I started off visiting several churches in Norman um, as I was a college graduate and a newly married person and mother, and none of it really clicked any of the places until I came to First Christian, and it was immediately familiar. And that's probably why I continued to come back, just because it was familiar and comfortable. Not that we always want to be comfortable when we're in a church environment, but it was the comfort that I needed. And then as time went on, I realized how embraced and welcomed I was by the fam by the church family, and pro they provided many needs for me along along the way. And I just I can't imagine my story being any what my story would be like if I hadn't landed here. Yeah, similarly for me, the familiar familiarity say that word um, of growing up in a first Christian church, coming here, just that same focus on to me that were the big the big picture items the the Disciples of Christ denomination 
I believe, really does strive to take those teachings of Jesus and, you know, love and compassion and and really put that at the forefront of the message and the ministry and kind of everything that goes on here. And so it was a comfortable place to come into because I was already familiar with it. Um, but also just the, you know, every, every church is different, and this community of people um, was just so loving and caring and sharing and um, just a just a great atmosphere for we have three young children and so it was important for us to um, you know have someone to help us you know not only continue our own faith journey but to help us raise our kids in the in the church and the kind of same way that I was my wife wasn't she was actually raised Catholic but um, it was important for me that they be in that kind of environment, that kind of environment that encourages learning and questioning and, um, and also puts love and caring and sharing and that kind of stuff at the forefront of the, their ministries. I don't know that Joanne and I were lucky or the Lord was just looking out for us. But, uh, we lived in Enid, Oklahoma after I retired from the military. So we uh, came to Norman and uh, went church looking. <laughs> and uh, this was the Sunday that we would go to First Christian Church and check them out. And uh, we walked in the door, and uh, oh, I forget his name, the organist, he hit one of those loud crescendos on the pedals, he he put it to the floor. <laughs> and Joanne said, this is the church. <laughs> I said, what? After the service was over, she looked at me and said, he can keep better time than you can. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> but, uh, then... To tag on to that, I mean, that, that, that was it. We, we, we chose the, the church based on three things. Uh, Joanne was the musician. She could read music, transpose, and I, I don't know the first note. But, uh, so we settled in, but we, we began to something a little different. And that was uh, <laughs> accountability. Uh, and David uh, was a man after my own heart. You can set your watch by him on Sunday morning <laughs> at 15 after. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that means he's done his homework, and uh, I'll say this openly to the congregation if it, if it gets there. I appreciate David, the fact that you uh, you put a lot of work in, in, in your sermon preparation, and I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> you just don't walk in, open up the Bible, or open up somebody's book, and and then regurgitate and uh, go on with it. You've got to work at it. So that's, uh, that's my way, humbly, of... Uh, 
of why why Joanne and I took this uh, joined this church. And the other thing is, uh, my mother tried to teach me to do unto others, well, treat other people like you would like to be treated. And we tried to, I tried to live that way, and we tried to teach our girls that was the way Christ would want us to do. And so we found that here in this church. So those four things drew us to this church. Back when I was growing up in the Church of Christ, they had missionaries in Jerusalem. And uh, if I was supporting a missionary in Jerusalem, then I had the responsibility of getting my $10 sent to them. I found out in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, they'd do that for me. I mean, I, find, I supplied the money, Joanne and I did, but then they would take care of the details. And a lot of things that the church did for me and my family that I hadn't experienced before. And I, we found that here. So, thanks for the... I needed David's watch, you know, on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love all those stories because, you know, each of you have expressed some slight difference and nuance as to why you're here. And, and I think that uh, translates across the church family, uh, that there are varieties of reasons, but also varieties of ways that people find First Christian meaningful. And uh, certainly, that's certainly true for me. You know, we all have demands on our on our finances and on our time, and and those demands certainly change over time. And yet, people find supporting the church to be a significant part of their lives. Why is supporting First Christian with your time and talent and treasure important for each of you? Uh, I have a waste basket that sits beside my old man's chair <laughs> and uh, I have to make a trip to the trash can every day after the mailman runs people wanting money and I can wheel through that and see what the church is asking of me or what I've committed to and I don't worry about it That that's that's backing up, but that's one of the things that uh, drew Joanne and me to this to this church. <laughs> uh, oh, the other thing, she, Joanne was looking for uh, a real preacher. <laughs> so, <laughs> me being <clears throat> me being me, I couldn't pass that up. Uh, at her funeral down at Fort Sill, I told the story as if she had told it, uh, which she did, but uh, one of the things that we discovered and was looking for a new church home was Joanne was looking for a real preacher. And I said, by way of introducing David to to the uh, assemblage that came out for her funeral that 
Joanne looked at me as we were walking out the door, and she said, Well, I found a real preacher. Oh, yeah? Who's that? <laughs> David. <laughs> he didn't quite know us. <laughs> and, and not everyone may know, but Paul Hopkins is an ordained minister and preacher in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And so that's part of <laughs> oh, the joke my. here. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I, find, I found dumb looks on their face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I appreciate your point about accountability in terms of when you, sometimes when you give to places you're not exactly sure if where your money goes is what it's advertised that it will go for and and at first christian church of norman we can tell you where every single penny goes and so there's a confidence that that people have in terms of sharing their gifts here so and that's very important i mean i think if you don't trust where you give you're less inclined uh, but here we can tell you exactly where every penny goes and and we make that available to everybody so yeah well, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna share that impossible truth uh, that the Christian Church disciples of Christ ordained me. <laughs> they had to. I had to have uh, proper certification and accountability uh, for the Department of Defense, so I could become a chaplain. And uh, I've uh, gotten down into the the muck and the mud and uh, all of that good stuff. So people, unless they're told, would never believe that I'm an ordained clergyman. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for taking me in, David. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank you for finding us. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, for, for our family, um, having three young kids and uh, my wife and I run a business together, and so the ability to be able to find places to to give. Um, there are a lot of opportunities here and it's been nice to, because we don't have a lot of time, but it's been nice to be able to kind of pick and choose, hey, we have an hour or two in the middle of the day here, or we have a Sunday afternoon off here um, where we can volunteer some time. And then, you know, financially, just like we were just talking about, it is, it is good to know that you know, you know your money's going to a good place. You trust the people that are telling you where your money's going. You trust the, you know, they've done the research for you. They make it easier for you, which for my family and for me, I don't have that much time to mm -hmm. research charitable organizations and who's, how much of my dollar goes where and, and that kind of thing. I, it's really nice that the church, like Paul was saying, the church kind of does that legwork for you and so you're able to know that whether it's something local um, or a donation to, you know, a certain offering that comes up during the year or, you know, something state or national level, um, you know where your money's going. You know that, you know, the majority of the way the First Christian Church works is they want your money to go as far as it can go. So, you know, they donate to the kind of places that are really doing really good work and using your dollars to do that work. And we ask agencies that we support to give us an accountability of their work as well, because we want to feel good about sharing all the gifts that are given uh, to the right, you know, so that their work is living up to what they say they're doing. So we ask for accountability as well. 
That's what I was going to say. I think it's nice that you have the different agencies come and whether it's they speak in worship or at a luncheon afterwards, but it's all very visible. Um, There's none of that funny business going on behind the scenes, I think. And we see it with our youth when they go on the mission trip and watching. That's one of my favorite Sundays when they come back and talk about their experiences. You can tell that they were deeply moved and deeply appreciated appreciative of the donations that were able to help them do that. Um, And just like as we sit in the Sunday school room right now, that was all done with donations to make a meaningful worship experience for the children um, of the church. But I, and I'll, the other thing I appreciate about First Christian is that it's not all about the money. It's also about the time. And people are very appreciative of the time that when they're able to do that. And I, I just, I, I appreciate that about this church that, they acknowledge that that's also a worthwhile investment. Yes, each of you shares uh, significant amounts of time in, in giving to the work of this church. And uh, whether it's teaching or or uh, in the handbell choir or on committees or supporting, you know, fellowship, uh, each of you has shared so much of your time. And, and uh, that's the nature of church. It's the work of the people. Uh, all of us, and uh, so that makes a huge difference. This is a wonderful discussion, and uh, uh, a discussion that will will have a part one and a part two. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more uh, in a future podcast about uh, giving and uh, the work of the church. And so would in, hope that you will tune back in for uh, the next installment of this conversation with uh, with uh, Mitch and Helen and Paul as we talk about uh, First Christian Church and uh, its stewardship. So uh, until next time, we are grateful for your presence and listening in to this podcast from First Christian Church of Norman, where we are a community of disciples joined together in a reverent, thoughtful, loving quest for faith.